Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Crave Arts Presents The Future of Film, featuring intimate interviews with the best emerging filmmakers from around the world. My name is Tom Oliva, and I am co-founder and executive director of Crave Arts and the All-American High School Film Festival, dedicated to discovering, showcasing, and uniting the next generation of visual storytellers and content creators. Some quick updates from the All-American Bulletin Board as we gear up for our biggest festival yet in New York City. Our 2021 festival takes place October 8th to the 11th. Submissions are currently open via Film Freeway and submitting is free until March 1st. The final deadline is July 2nd. Head over to hsfilmfest.com to get the latest news and updates about the 2021 festival, including our 2020 highlight reel, downloadable, downloadable 2021 event planner, planning guides, and posters. It's never too early to begin planning your all-American adventure. And if you plan on attending the fest in New York City, we highly recommend competing in our film invitational competitions, the world's premier on-site student filmmaking competitions in New York City. We offer a variety of real-world production experiences for student filmmakers and video production programs. Your chance to crew up and produce a short film in just 10 weeks. Registration opens March 1st. And finally, teachers, if you're looking for a great way to boost your curriculum and elevate and inspire your students, check out our video production resource community and roadshow. Two terrific virtual opportunities featuring lesson plans and interactive presentations based on our library of exemplary student films. More information can be found at HS Film Fest under the Education tab. All right, time for a very special guest. Today I am joined by festival alumni from 2017 and 2018, Monica Matute, to dig deep into what drives this emerging filmmaker. I've gotten to know Monica pretty well over the years, in large part due to what I now recognize as her incredible passion for all things filmmaking and an unrelenting hustle to make her dreams a reality. During her years of eligibility with All-American, I seemed to run into Monica everywhere. Conventions in various states around the country, during traveling roadshow presentations that were hours away from her home, and in the plethora of projects she submitted. Although behind the camera, she was undeniably in those two. Her bubbling enthusiasm and humble eagerness, ever-present reminders of her willingness, her need, to pursue her passion with every ounce of her being. But even more importantly, her presence left its mark. Monica is one of the most amiable, sincere, and genuine young artists I have encountered. She possesses a gravity that draws others into her warm and welcoming orbit, and these same qualities permeate her films. Monica's admirable work ethic was illuminated by the sheer volume of quality films she created. Each film, regardless of genre, offered a glimpse into her insatiable curiosity of the teen experience, the inevitable roller coaster of transformative milestones, and the abundant emotions such experiences produce. Her film Car Hop, winner of Best Comedy in 2017, cemented her status as a filmmaker on the rise for its ability to portray an authentic, delightfully flawed female protagonist brimming with the kind of gravitational pull we've come to expect from Monica's characters. If you don't watch this film with a smile on your face and a warmth in your heart, you better check your pulse. In Monica's work, female characters are front and center, but not without raw, honest, and often heartbreaking flaws. This purposeful imbalance is perhaps Monica's greatest strength as a writer and director. 
Young women so real, so openly exposed in strength and weakness that they are able to communicate the kind of soaring realism viewers can't help but be pulled into. Again, a sense of unmistakable gravity. Her nominated films from 2018, Eden and the Ultimate Survival of Richmond High's Local Losers, both simmer with, an, with a common theme in Monica's work. The weight of familial responsibility, young women coming of age, the darker side of high school experience, and of course, the awkwardness and virtue of young love. Watching Monica's unique but universal stories is a lot like being around her in person. Regardless of where the journey takes you along the way, you get swept up in the power of positivity and are left better for the opportunity. I am so thrilled to be joined by Monica Matu today. Welcome, Monica. How are you? Hi, I'm good. After that, I'm a little emotional. <laughs> I'm good. Thank you for the welcome. <laughs> oh, it's my pleasure. I, I thought like maybe I might get you to cry and that would really pull in the viewers, but you know, it's okay. I don't know. <laughs> it feels like you will. <laughs> uh, it's my pleasure to talk about you as a person and you as a filmmaker. Um, to get the conversation flowing, let's kick things off with a little segment we call Personal Portrait. In this uh, not at all awkward quick reply exercise, I'll say a word and you say the first thing that comes to mind, okay? Okay, let's do it. Awkward is fine. All right, here we go. <laughs> the first one up is story. This is hard. <laughs> um, fun. Beauty. Boring. <laughs> Actors. Hard. High school. Fun. Networking. Hard. Film school. Challenging. This is funny because you said hard a few times. Hard work. <laughs> hard work. Um, routine. Comedy or drama? Drama. All-American High School Film Festival. The best experience ever. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Um, so let's dive deeper into all things Monica, the filmmaker. Tell me, where are you right now and what new projects are you working on? What are you up to? So I um, am doing school remotely right now. So I am doing a lot of freelance work. Um, I had done, I started my freelance business, I guess you could say when I was like 17, but it didn't really kick off until this about June which is when COVID happened. And I was like, I, I can't not be creative for so long. Like, I know that we don't know how long this is going to last, but this can't, I can't be like this, like forever. And I was really lucky that um, it got back up on a really good start. Um, I had really loyal clients. They were really awesome. I met a bunch of new clients, a bunch of new people. And at the same time, I am doing school. Um, I'm doing school and also working on a passion project for a new film I wrote. So that's what's been going on recently. So um, I'm, I'm really fascinated by this freelance work that you're doing while um, being in school remotely. Uh, it doesn't surprise me at all that you had to be creative and that you found a way to, to uh, release those creative demons through this work. How do you go about like getting these clients and getting this work? Um, I totally shoot my shot. I will send a DM to anyone and everyone. And I'm like, Hey, if you're looking for a new photographer or videographer, I'm here. I don't like tell you like, you need to do it with me because my work is the best or anything. I just say like, Hey, if you, if you're interested, if you're, if you want to try something new, do it because I have nothing to lose from that. Uh -huh. You get me? You have nothing to lose from just 
introducing yourself. And I can confidently say it's worked probably 90% of the time. And, what, and I meet a bunch of new people and it, it's awesome. Super cool. Well, I think that's uh, where your personality really comes into play as well. Um, as I mentioned in the introduction, being around you is like, I don't know, there's just this force field of energy that's super positive. If someone was going to take my picture, I, I think I would want it to be you as well. Um, what are, <laughs> what are you like, what are these projects about? It's photography and videography. Yeah. So a lot of it, honestly, it varies. Like I've done weddings, I've done event recaps recently. I've like, um, I've noticed that I tracked a lot of couples, which couples are really fun to shoot because they're very hard to shoot, um, in a fun way, because you can do a bunch of couples all the time, but the fun or the challenging aspect comes into like, how do I make each session I do different than the, than the last, whether it's like a look and you also want to, um, you also want to bring your client's vision to life, but also I try to meet in the middle with storytelling and freelance. Like, I don't want it to be known. I don't want my freelance work to be known as freelance right off the bat. Like I want people to be like, is this a film or is this a shoot? Mm -hmm. You get me? I like that confusion because it means you're also telling some sort of story. So, so is that process and, and just for perspective here, you know, so many people who are going to be listening to this, are young filmmakers, they're in high school, they're sort of looking like, what's the next step look like for me? Um, maybe they're interested in freelance work, they wanna make a little bit of money on the side, but still con continue to pursue their craft. What is the process like? So you, you, you wanna make each shoot different, um, you wanna honor the requests and, and the stylistic choices and stuff of these clients. Do you just start by sitting down and, and talking to them and sort of hearing them out? How do you make them comfortable in front of your camera? So, for the beginning aspect of it, like the pre-pro aspect of it, um, each client gets a questionnaire. So it'll get a questionnaire. Each one is, I work on each one individually. So even if I do two couple shoots, I will make one individually for each because it's never the same thing. People are very different. And it'll ask sort of what's the vibe you're going for? What's the look like? Is it light and airy? Is it very boho? Is it a little more rustic? Is it more vintage? Like what's the look? And then I think the main question I ask and that that helps me a ton is what's the overall objective of this? Like, is it to show that you guys are a fun couple? Is it to show you guys is intimacy? Is it to show, or not just couples, but in general mm -hmm. with any, with any film or project or photo shoot. And then, um, they'll answer me on that. And then for me, like I've noticed if I don't prepare ahead of time, like if I don't prepare well on set, I tend to become very messy minded. Like I'll have all these ideas, which is great but you only have a certain amount of time with these people. So you have to be effective. So I will personally work on a mood board. Um, again, it doesn't matter if I've shot three couples, each one gets a different mood board because everyone's different. And I like to do that when it comes to like freelance, like videography, I'll maybe just jot down. I always ask them what are essential shots you need to see. And I learned that because I've messed up before and I'll do a session and they'll be like, Hey, did you get a shot of this? And I'll have to say no. And it's embarrassing, but you learn and you apply it to the next one. So when it comes to like videography, I make a list of essential shots I have to get or essential props. So like if you're in a wedding, let's say they have, um, I had a bride one time who on her flowers had a picture of her mom who had passed away. So I knew that that was something really important to capture. And then as for on like at the shoots and on location, um, I've noticed I always ask them what some of their favorite artists are, like who are some of their favorite bands, music, and I play that music when we're there. And it is a game changer, a game changer completely. 
and I just talk with them and I have fun with them. It's fun for me. So I just, I'm just like hanging out with my friends at this point. It's not even clients to me. It's just like, what are we, what are we going to talk about today? Like, what's the topic? And I bet that just makes so. them feel so much more relaxed. And and even for people experienced in front of the camera, um, it, it's not an easy thing to, to have a lens pointed at you. It's funny, you know, we work with a, a lot of different celebrities and stuff who, you know, will make a little video for the festival. Um, and they are some of the most reluctant people to, to do this kind of thing because they just are, so, they're used to being directed. And so when they just have to do it on their own and sit in front of their cell phone and like say something, uh, they can't do it. And so your ability to sort of lighten the mood and make people feel comfortable must be such an asset to this work. How did you learn how to do this? Is it like you just learn as you go? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've been involved with this since I was little, like my parents had a camera one time and I just would steal it and I would go to sleep at four in the morning. So some things really don't change. I'm still going to bed at four in the morning, but I'd go to sleep at four in the morning and just press all the buttons. <laughs> I would press every button. I'd see like, what does this one do? What does this one do? And I'd go on like windows media movie maker or something. And I just edit it. So I just did that same process as I went, as I got older, I did go to a high school that I was really lucky, had a performing arts program. I had amazing teachers who again, were super supportive and always encouraging us to, to keep learning and just getting out of our comfort zone. And for Premiere, for example, like we're really lucky that we have YouTube. YouTube is a free school for any subject. There's so many videos there and they're all completely free. Like once you put that into perspective and you say it out loud like that, it's like, how can you not but like, how can you not learn these things? Like there's so much left to learn. So I would watch a lot of YouTube. I would press a lot of buttons. I lost a lot of projects along the way because I was pressing probably <laughs> the wrong buttons, but I learned what they do. So guess what? I don't press them now. <laughs> so I just, I got these, I learned these things as I went and my parents were very supportive. They, um, they helped me get a camera and I, I love my camera. I, I'm still learning how to use it every single day. You get me? So things like that, just experimenting and pressing buttons. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <clears throat> a heavy dose of what I mentioned earlier, uh, hustle, which um, is is just absolutely admirable. You're giving me great transition points and I appreciate that. But before I move on to film school, which seems like um, a, a bit of a leap from YouTube, um, shout out to your high school, which is Doral, Doral Academy. <laughs> and any particular favorite YouTuber that you follow for tutorials and things? Oh my God. It's actually crazy because, um, no, in a simple way, only because there is so many that they're just so good and so, um, informative. And I know that there's a lot of like long tutorials, but there's also like people that make really short and like quick tutorials. Um, I just, I enjoy everyone I watch on YouTube. I love YouTube. It's, it's, that's like my my go-to to like relax. So that's where I go. So I watch all of them and I love all of them. So, so how do you relax, Monica? Oh, you know, I watch film <laughs> tutorials on YouTube. I love it, man. You're, you're totally immersed. <laughs> um, so let's talk about film school. Um, you're remote right now, like the rest of the world. Um, I mean, it's not so bad to be remote in Miami, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, nice. so where do you go to school? So I go to, to SCAD. I go to the Savannah College of Art and Design in Savannah. There's, they have a few different campuses. And obviously you're, you're not there now. You're, you're working in classes online. But what made um, film school the right choice for you? Um, I think it all goes back to the learning aspect. Um, 
I'm not saying you can't get this experience from YouTube. Again, I don't want to contradict myself because of, I absolutely adore YouTube, but there's a lot of collaboration and just resources at school um, that just attracted me a little bit. Um, I didn't realize this until I got there actually, but I didn't realize that I might want to minor in something like motion media, like motion graphics. Um, it was really important for me to learn something aside from film that could also help me get to my end goal, which is film, motion graphics, title sequences, they go hand in hand. You get me? So it was important for me to, to learn a little something more than film. And yeah, I, that just, that was really fun to me, the idea of it. So is it like a dual major that you're pursuing right now or how does that work? So it's a minor. Um, I don't even know if I'll get the minor just because like the minor credit, I'm still taking the classes, but a lot of the classes, which I don't know if, if maybe, you might have to cut this out, but like <laughs> a lot of the classes, like some of them are not for exactly what I want to learn. Like they're a little, I know this is going to sound bad, but a little more basic. I was lucky that I had some experience with like after effects in high school. So I got exempt from like one of them, for example. So now I'd rather take more advanced classes and not get the credit than get the credit and have to settle for those classes. Yeah. And we, we hear that a lot. I don't think that's any sort of diss against one school or another. I think um, what's happening now and, and hopefully in part because of organizations like ours as well is students are coming to the college experience way more equipped than they used to. And I think that the colleges are really trying to adapt the best they can to provide that next level level, that true higher education um, that, that they're meant to um, offer you. Um, and it's it's not easy because you are coming out with so many skills and you do have all these additional resources. Um, but I think the collaboration aspect is a really good thing to bring up. And, and that's something you can't really get on YouTube, right? Um, it's a lot harder to get that if you're not in person. Um, so why, uh, why did you choose SCAD um, as opposed to some of the other options out there? What made that school be a good fit for you? Um, actually, this might help someone else, but I remember when I was doing the research on a lot of film schools, a lot of film schools are very, when it comes to making films on their ground or as a student of theirs with their equipment, um, I think a lot of times you can't really submit those films anywhere, which that to me was a big thing. Like I was like, if I can't go to a festival and let's say Netflix is at this festival and they want to buy my film, like that was a really big, like a no breaker to me or a no dealer, one of those, <laughs> <laughs> one of those to me. Um, so I like that SCAD like was, was very open to like, here are the resources, make some magic. Like we're going to teach you, we're going to do all this stuff. And yeah, that was something that was really big to me. What are the, I really, go ahead. No, please. Sorry. Sorry. Um, I really wanted to go to California. I still really want to go to California, but, um, I think like, in the meantime, I will work to go to California now. Yeah, and I, I have no doubt that you will get there. Um, but in the in the meantime, it's probably not such a terrible thing to be not too far from home, um, especially with everything going on in this crazy world. Is what's the difference between like remote and in person? Are, are there specific challenges that you're finding because you're trying to take these classes at home, or is it all pretty seamless? No, there's differences. And um, like, I, I guess it goes back to the whole collaboration aspect, which isn't the worst thing. I think it's important, like, while I think the whole collaboration thing is amazing, and of course it's essential because in the real world, that's how it works. I think um, one of the best things about high school that we were taught was to learn how to do it on our own, one way or another. Um, we had to figure out how to make films on our own, how to edit films. We didn't, I didn't, I didn't know what a producer did until I got to college. I know that might sound terrible, 
but I didn't know what like a first AD did. I don't know what a production designer did. Like we didn't have that. We were like, here's a camera, make something like, go get them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in college, like remotely, you lose a lot of that um, collaboration, but you also, if you put in the work on your own, on your side, on the side of it, like you learn to appreciate each role more to communicate with each role better because you learn how to do these things on your own. You don't have a choice. Um, obviously it's, it's obviously a privilege to have the equipment and have to do that. So I'm very lucky that I have that, but even with your phone, like nowadays things are just stepping it up, like equipment is stepping up. So there's a lot of opportunity there to explore. The All-American High School Film Festival is brought to you in part by our friends at Blackmagic Design. Blackmagic Design has grown rapidly to become one of the world's leading innovators and manufacturers of creative video technology. For more information on its groundbreaking innovations for the feature film, post-production, and television broadcast industries, such as the latest updates for its DaVinci Resolve post-production software, Pocket Cinema Camera 6K, and Ursa Mini Pro 12K digital film cameras, please go to blackmagicdesign.com. Very cool. Uh, do you have a, like, <clears throat> what year are you in school? Your second year, sophomore? I'm a junior. You're a junior, man, time flies, Monica. Oh, that's scary. Oh, well, okay, so you have some a few years under your belt there. Is there a favorite class or assignment that you would highlight? Uh, you know, it's so important, I think, for the next generation to have an idea. You know, they're trying to make these big decisions, expensive decisions about the next step for them. And I like to highlight like just something really cool where you're like, if you're sitting at home in Iowa, like, okay, I'm going to go to film school because of what Monica said. Is there, what is it, an assignment or a class? Oh my God, it was a class. I think about this class every single day of my life. <laughs> I know it's going to sound crazy. It was, and it was a remote class. So that tells you a lot. Mm -hmm. um, it was a screenwriting class. I took it with Professor Brett Wagner at SCAD. Um, and it was amazing. Like I was very, I think also like the professor was amazing. Yes. But I think also the, the students I had in the class were just so talented that it blew my mind. I, I think about this class all the time and it was a screenwriting class, but, um, honestly, like my professor just gave such effective advice. Like, I think the advice he gave was very, like, it made you think about what way a story could go. It like, how can I make the story out of the norm and out of the box? And also the classmates did that. Um, so the way it'd work is that we'd got we'd get assignments. For example, like one time it was to write a story about, um, I think it was like you had to choose a story that didn't take place here. And that was the prompt. So it was like, is it it you could take it however you took it. So maybe it didn't take place here as in this location, maybe it didn't take place here as in Earth, like however you take it. And after we wrote the script, we would do table reads and um, everyone give, would give their feedback. This was all remote and it worked super smoothly. And yeah, sorry, I'm trying to think of more details. <laughs> um, he was just honestly like, he just gave such great feedback. It was super effective. It made me realize like how much work I needed with my writing. I was like, wow, like I was not writing. Like it made you think like, what's the why of the story? Like everything has to have a reason realistically. If not, people are just watching anything they could watch right now, talking to a friend, if that makes sense. So it made me realize like how to write with purpose, um, how to write effectively, how to be like, how to get people's attention faster, things like that. Yeah, I, I get it. Sometimes it's it's hardest to articulate the experiences we have that are more about a vibe, you know, and, and more about like reaching a depth that you didn't maybe know you had. And 
it happens because of the things that you're saying. You might not feel like you're saying them, but you're talking about feedback. You're talking about table reads. You know, I think so many young artists don't invest in that part of the process and don't allow others into their art when it's not so much about what the others are going to do to your art. It's what they're going to do to you. And then you can transform your art and take it to another level. Um, and those things are so important. Feedback, table reads, getting 100%. it out there, hearing the words in actors' mouths, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and that's, again, something you don't necessarily always get, not out of film school. You get me like, yeah, you could do this with your friends. And like, of course their feedback is going to be good. But with like film school, it was like some, sometimes people would be like, yeah, this doesn't work. Like, and you have to hear that sometimes. Like it hurts. <laughs> it hurts when you invest your time and like your energy and your creative energy into a story. But sometimes it like, it makes you step back and be like, okay, where did I go wrong? Let me lay this story out and let's break it down. Like, where can we fix this to make it better? And there's always room for improvement. I hate to like sound cliche, but there really always is. So even if you work on a story 20 times, it's almost like refreshing to know this could still be better somehow. Yeah. The, the creativity never ends. You're never satisfied. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think uh, you're very invested in this process. Um, clearly, this is a, a passion. It's beyond a passion for you. It's a way of life. Why? When did you first start making movies and why? I mean, you so, talked about the camera <laughs> and all that stuff, but like, okay, maybe so maybe it's the why. Why do you do this? Well, actually, really quick to answer your first question, it was because of you guys. Um, I made like Car Hop, I would say was my first film. And I made it um, and I was like, okay, like just gonna make it, let's just submit it. We made it in probably like three days. We had within those three days, counting those three days, we probably had a week to edit it. And I was like, and I remember there was a submission fee. So I was like, and again, like submission fees, that's how it is with every festival. But I was like, I don't know, like, let's just try it. And when I saw Car Hop actually like placed, I was like, wait, like I can do this. Like I can actually do this and like someone, like not just the reward aspect of it, but like, yeah, it can be rewarded. Like hard work can be rewarded outside of like getting a clap, a clap from someone else. You get me? Like, it was just cool. I was like, wow, maybe I should keep doing this. And you guys just totally lit something up in me. I like, I owe you so much for that. You have no idea. It literally just like sparked something in me where I was like, I can do this for the rest of my life and be more than happy. <laughs> like I am more than happy doing this every single day. Um, as for my why, I don't know. I always talk to my boyfriend about this and I always tell him, I'm like, I'm pretty like 99% sure I was born to do this. Like I was born to tell stories. It just feels like that. I believe it to the T. I don't even doubt it for a second. Um, it's just fun to me. Like it doesn't, for example, like, yes, I have my freelance business and it's a business and yes, but that doesn't feel like work to me. Like to me, I'm going to hang out with someone new and meet someone new and step out of my house and get some fresh air and also be creative. So it just feels like it was always meant for me or I was meant for it. Um, I'm blushing over here just to, just <laughs> to know that, um, it meant that much to you. And, <clears throat> you know, it's what gets me up out of bed in the morning. I sit in front of the computer and I think if there's one person out there who wants to do this more than anything, who's good at this, who wants to work hard at it, if that person doesn't quit because we exist, then it's all worth it. And hopefully there's yeah. lots of people like that out there. Um, and, and Car Hop was a, a phenomenal, sweet comedy. It's so simple, but yet so infused with this real personality. 
And I think it's the way you open up the film with the central protagonist in her car, kind of exposing all of her quirks. And you're just, you don't care what this girl does. You want her to be happy and succeed. Um, and, and the ability to do that. I mean, I think it, you're able to tap into something. Was there a specific motivation for the story? And we're going to have links to these films in the description so people can watch them. Um, what kind of insight can you give me into this three-day miraculous little thing you made? <laughs> um, well, first of all, it was 100% based off a true story. It wasn't one of us. It was actually a Twitter thread that went completely viral. Um, it was super viral, and it was about a girl. I don't remember her name, so either way, I won't list any names. But she basically explained that she went to car hop. And I think, like, the... Which, by the it way, was, which, by the way, is a totally foreign concept to someone who lives in New York. Like, we don't have these things. You don't, like, pull up. Oh, like, yeah. There might be, like, one or something in the state. But, like, it, but it's a very real thing to go to a place and have a car hop on roller skates deliver your food. Yeah. Wait, I forgot. I mentioned. Yeah, that's so true, actually. She went to a Sonic. That's okay. what it was. A Sonic. And then there, her car hop, which, by the way, I had never heard of this word before. Like, I, I hadn't even gone to a Sonic before this film. Um. And I guess like he kind of flirted with her and they hit it off and it went viral because they ended up dating for years, I think. Um, and we saw that and we're like, wait, this is such a cool film. Like, why don't we do this and put our own twist on it? And that was what we did. And it was really cool. It's a really sweet story. Uh, it's a complete story arc, even though I think it's five or six minutes long. You pack a ton of story into that. Um, the locations are authentic. The actors are terrific. Um, it's clear that like you really were working on your craft when you watch this film. Um, and, and that story and elements all combined. Um, so I guess, where does this come from then? We, we, we know why you do it. It's a part of you. Do you have specific influences um, outside of watching tutorials on YouTube? Are there, are there films that you know you kind of emulate in some way in in your work so i know this is going to sound like absolutely terrible but i don't watch a lot of films like i didn't watch a lot of films before making them i wasn't i'm terrible at pop culture you could tell me an actor's name and i probably won't know them so honestly it just came from i really enjoyed like the idea that this kept me busy and it was something that i loved to do and i had fun with um but if I honestly could say a film or like someone that inspired me recently, I would totally say Olivia Wilde with Booksmart. I am absolutely in love with it. I remember seeing Booksmart and be like, holy crap, I think I made this film two years ago, but like, cool. <laughs> I was like, this is so cool. Like I could be on the same wavelength with someone I don't even know who's like this huge creative and this huge director slash actress. Um, and yeah, I remember, I probably watched that film like a thousand times and studied every single scene. But that was that's definitely something I was like, she's a female. She had a super successful film. She's an actress and a director. And I always I've always thought actresses or actors make for probably one of the, some of the best directors because they know how to communicate effectively with actors. Um, and yeah, that's what I would say. Like, that's something I would say. But overall, like something that inspires me is just the idea that this is something that adds value to my everyday life. Um, it's something that helps my end goal. It's something that is constantly bringing growth because you can literally, you have been in this for years and years and years, and there's always something to learn. A lot of that thanks to technology because technology is always evolving. You get me? So, um, so yeah, I think the fact that there's always something to learn keeps it really interesting for me. I'm, I'm struck by, um, the, how strong of a thread, uh, the teen experience is in your films. 
Um, I was also a little bit surprised uh, in the quick reply thing when you said drama over comedy. But then now hearing you talk, I'm really not. Um, what is it about like capturing realism that you like so much? Why is that sort of your your style of choice? And, and why is uh, thus far, um, as far as I know from your work, why is the teen experience such an important topic for you to explore? So it's so funny because actually in that writing class I had, um, first of all, two things. Like one, it made you really explore things out of the reality of just you like yes you could tackle that but because of the topics we got for these scripts the prompts if you could call them that it made you have to step out of that second because i remember someone telling me like you need to stop with the teen stories <laughs> they were like it's time like they were like they're they're great but like i think it's time you explore someone new or something new so it's just funny and and i did after that and i ended up writing scripts that i was like proud of that i was like wow this isn't about a teen but still people can relate to it. So as for the teen stuff, um, my teen years are some of my favorite years. So for me, it was just easy to write about because it was something that I could relate to. It was like writing what you know. Mm -hmm. um, but also like, I, I tried to make it completely different from my life at the same time. So it was a challenge of like writing what you know, but also exploring things you don't know or things you can't relate to. And I think that's such a weird stage of life because you're trying to navigate everything. And honestly, at that time in my life, I was like, I have it pretty together in terms of what my goals are. Did I have my life together at that time? Probably not. I don't think anyone ever does. <laughs> but in terms of like what I wanted, I, I had such a clear image to me. It was like, I, it's not an option to not have it, to not get to that goal. So it was like, I, I think it was just interesting to be able to tackle like the different um, teens I met, the different personalities I was friends with, because I was friends with so many different personalities. And it was important for me to to bring that to other people um, and just, you know, make them feel seen or make them feel like, hey, like I can sort of relate to this character in some way. Like I, I can relate to this story somehow. It's such an important part of, of writing when you're young to, to accept that writing what you know is probably going to be the easiest path to success. Um, and, and it makes so much sense because, you know, you have access to people who are that age, you, you know, they might not even be professional actors. And I think a lot of your actors are, are friends of yours or people that you went to high school with who maybe they are professionals because they have incredible chops. Um, but it, it does, it just makes a lot of sense to, to use the tools that you have around you at that time to tell the best stories that you can. And, and you really excel at it regardless of genre, because the three films I mentioned, uh, in the intro, and there there are many more um, that that I've seen from from you during that period, but they're all really very different. Um, you know, Car Hop is a pretty much a straightforward like rom com, uh, even though it's really short. Um, then you have Eden, which explores much darker themes, um, and then you sort of have uh, the very long titled Richmond Losers, um, which is a little bit of everything. Um, do you have a, a particular style? Is there a way that you can describe what you try to put on screen, style wise, mood wise? Um, oh my gosh, I don't think so. I, I sort of wish I did. Um, because it make writing the writing process a little bit easier sometimes. But um, I don't think so. I think it's like, my just goal is at least to have something that someone can relate to somehow, like even if it's one thing um, that just anyone watching can relate to like that stresses me out, which can be good and bad sometimes because sometimes it almost holds you back from writing a story that has more potential. Um, 
but at the same time, it's like always stuck in the back of my head, like, okay, like, right. Like, can someone, can anyone watching this, what, no matter what age or whatever, relate somehow? So I think that like my style is just making stories that are raw and are real somehow, even if it's a story that takes place about like, or that talks about like aliens, let's say like, but how is someone watching here going to relate? Sounds, uh, sounds like your style then is, is driven by characters, um, in large part, and it really does come through. Um, I I'm, I'm surprised that I'm even talking about Eden, uh, because I don't know if it's like sort of the most Monica of all your projects that I've seen, but that film, like it really stuck with me because it tackles some really heavy stuff, but somehow manages to come around to a very positive conclusion. Um, what made you want to write? A story like Eden. Um, well, I, to, the I don't, story I, we can't first... say anything about it because if if I do, then it'll give it all away. Another oh, okay, point. True. So, but what? Yes. But, but what made you want to? Yeah. Where did that come from? So where it came from, so funny, is because I knew a girl named Eve, and her sister's name were Emma, Eve, and Eden, and I just was automatically struck by that. And um, I remember she had a really great relationship with her little sister. So it was just really interesting to, for me to see like someone have to play the role of parents and sister in one. And my parents have always been very involved in my life, very supportive, but my sister has always been like my mom <laughs> in a good way. And, you know, like she's always been super supportive as a mom and a sister. So um, it was really like intriguing to me to put that story on paper, like outside of my own like life and like what I know. Um, and in a different way, my sister's 10 years older than me, for example. So we have a very different relationship than even Eden. Um, but yeah, that story just came from the idea of like exploring a young girl and an older girl and how they can somehow meet in the middle and connect somehow. It makes so much sense. And I hope folks will uh, click on the description link for, <laughs> for that film. Um, essentially, it's a story about a, an older sister going away to college and um a lot of other stuff, but it's really about uh, their their closeness, uh, despite sort of the age difference. Um, and it's it's a brutal, brutal film that really left its mark on me. So I'm glad we could explore that a little bit. Um, what, uh, I guess, what's next? Like, where, where do you go from here? You mentioned you're working on a new project right now, and you want to tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So it's um, it's a story called The P Word. And it's about a little girl who gets her period for the first time and she gets it on her fifth grade graduation, but she only lives with her single dad. So they only have a few hours for her dad to help her navigate this like transition into womanhood, while also him transitioning this like role as a single dad and her becoming a woman. So we sort of explore like all those viewpoints. Um, and yeah, it was just, I wrote it in this class that I keep talking about and I developed it more and more with the crew over time. We wrote, we revisited it so many times. Like I can't even think, like I can't even count them, but like um, each time I'm so glad we did because it is, I, at first I felt confident with the story, but now it's like, I just can't believe how much growth is possible. And we could still probably revisit it a few times, but we also have to make these films at some point. So um so yeah, so that's what's next. Ideally, I'd also, I'm really like looking into getting an internship. Um, I have to do more research on it. I feel like internships are such a weird topic that really doesn't get talked about enough. Like no one really ever explains how hard this stuff is sometimes. Um, I feel like I went into like college thinking like, oh, an internship is super easy to get. Like I'll definitely get this or whatever. 
And it's like, first of all, how do you even find them? Like, how do you even apply for them? How do you even know what work you have to show for these things? It's very hard. Um, and of course, just working more freelance work, um, lots of that stuff. Usually over the summer, I got a really cool job last year where I went on cruises for quinceañeras, which for like Hispanics, that's sort of like the sweet 16s for Hispanics, where the girls celebrate their 15s. And sometimes they go on cruises and they'll travel and celebrate there for a week. And I was lucky to be hired as the videographer and photographer. So I got to travel. I got to capture these moments. It was an awesome job, but COVID has switched things around a bit. So yeah, that was a lot. I'm sorry. Did you get all I, that? I absolutely, <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. I did get all of that and there's so much ripe fruit in there to discuss. Um, first of all, that job on the cruise ships must have been so challenging. Um, and what an opportunity for growth for you and those skills. I mean, shooting live events like that and, you know, so many people celebrating and the, the demand of capturing someone's big moment, um, especially a coming of age moment like that, all the pressure um, and being on a boat. Wow. Um, <laughs> but that's that's the kind of hustle that's going to just help you continue to improve and elevate your craft for stories like the one you mentioned to start, which, by the way, is the most terrifying thing I've ever heard as a father of two young boys. <laughs> If I had to go through that, I, I want to watch that film um, and learn from it so that in another life, if I have a daughter, find myself in that situation, you'll help me know what to do uh, because you can never know what to do. Um, and internships, absolutely, you're speaking the truth. They are daunting in this industry even more so, I think. Um, I get asked about them all the time, and it's it's a very murky difficult to navigate area um, and perhaps maybe something you and I can explore more as a way to help others. Um, I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about your role as a female filmmaker um, and how your stories do tend to be about women, uh, young women, as far as the stuff that I've seen for the most part. Um, what, what's important to you about being a young female filmmaker? Um, what do you think your art needs to communicate maybe a little bit differently or, or, or what, what would you like to see, you know, the future of the industry look like as a young female filmmaker? That's a lot. I, I apologize. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's a great question. More on you here. It's a great question. No, honestly, like, well, you know, before even answering the questions, I can't tell you how many times I've like, I, I don't doubt the love that I have for this and like the drive and passion that I have for this, but I can't tell you how many times I've doubted, like, am I even going to have a chance in this? Like, is there, is there room for me as a woman, as a Latina too? Like, uh, let's just make it even worse of being a minority. Like, you know, like, is there space for me here? So I've thought about that. I've, I'd say that there was like a good two times in my life where I was really like, I don't think this is going to happen. In like, large it was part a little bit because of, of those things. Because of these yeah. things. Yeah. Because it was so like, heavy on like men and like there wasn't it didn't feel at the time like there was a lot of room for women um but i think in terms of like storytelling the reason that i like and i it's not on purpose i wouldn't say i purposely think like i need to have a strong female role i think it just happens is because again like it sort of resorts back to like write what you know but also like i'm writing what i know because these people are just automatically a lot like they're very powerful to me they're super strong to me super strong female roles um and like, for example, resorting back to Eden, it's the sister who takes on the role of like being an older sister and being a parent at the same time. Not that they don't have their parents, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like taking that responsibility. Um, it's all around me, my mom, my sister, they're extremely powerful, strong, independent, hardworking women. 
So I think like a lot of the reason it's important to me is because it's true. It's what I see and it's what I know. And I think people need to know that too. Like we can do this and we, we do have the ability to do what we set our goals or our minds to. Um, what was the rest of the question? I, I mean, I think you answered it. I, I think <laughs> like so much of what I've learned about you, I think that you have a positivity and a drive regardless of the challenges that you're going to face. And, and a lot has changed in the industry. Um, and I think the, the path forward looks good. Um, yeah. But I think it's going to be people like you that are going to continue to drive that change. And I mean, I, I think that's why it's so important that you are such a likable, upbeat, positive person who genuinely invests in people. Because when you are that kind of person, then it doesn't matter what you look like, where you come from, male, female, whatever, it doesn't matter. You're just someone that people are going to want to work with. And you're someone that is working very hard to tell the best possible stories you can. What more can we ask for, right? I mean, I really hope that you are a big part of the change though. And um, I hope that you recognize that responsibility. It seems obvious that you do. Um, and uh, I can, I certainly look forward to continuing to watch what you do. A few, <laughs> a few you. more questions here. Um, so what advice do you have to Monica, the high school student, right? The people who are listening here, there's someone out there who's like, oh my God, I'm exactly like Monica. How do I get to where she is? Um, how do I, you know, continue to pursue my passion? What do they need to know about what got you to where you are now? Um, oh my God, I feel like I could tackle this from so many different aspects, but tackling it from like, tackling it from like being in high school, I think in high school, a big thing was like ego. Like I was very like, I have to do everything on my own. I have to stick to my group of people, work with my group of people, um, tell the stories that I want to tell. I was very, um, if I'm being like super transparent, just closed off to receiving criticism and like receiving feedback or things like that. And now that I'm in college and I've, I think I've, I went into college with the goal of being the complete opposite and being very open to receiving feedback and working with people. Because the thing is, realistically, you're going to work with a lot of people. You have to learn how to like it. Like it's not always easy. And there's a lot of communication. There's a lot of things that happen, but when you build a strong team, you make strong work. Like you can make work 10 times better working with someone else. At the same time though, um, I think if there's anyone listening that is in high school and like feels like they need, I think in college people get really caught up on like having to have like the big boy equipment and like the big boy, big boy cameras and things like that. And it isn't always like that. Like invest into yourself, invest into like these cameras, these DSLRs that are amazing. Like they make amazing work and again films are stepping it up like crazy for films most of the films that you've seen we used the voice memo app on our phone to capture audio i still do that we sometimes yep it's a great little yeah. tool yep. <laughs> yeah we don't have boom we didn't always have boom mics like we didn't always have all this equipment available um and i think a lot of times again too like you also get caught up in the idea that you need this big crew and all the films you saw were made with me and like two groups of or two friends or sometimes alone like Eden was made with um, one of my best friends. Um, the other films you've seen were made with Puga, like st stuff like that. So you don't always, of course, collaboration is amazing and you should be open to it, but don't let it stop you from making art or like creating or bringing these stories to life because you'd be surprised at how much you can do on your own and how much you can do well. Be open, be open to collaboration. Be open, yeah. Be resourceful. Open to collaboration. 
Yeah, open to feedback, open to criticism. You can't grow without that stuff. As an, as it sucks. Like, of course, it hurts to hear like a story sucks sometimes. But sometimes you need to hear it because you'd be surprised at how much better it could even be, and you didn't even realize that. So, um, yeah, I think I I definitely was like that in high school. I was very like, I can do this. I don't need help. And like, it would have been nice to have help sometimes that people were offering me, and I just wasn't taking. You know, like who knows how much better a story would have been, or how much I would have learned. Great advice. Um, Let's wrap with what are your goals? What, what's the big dream here? Like five years from now, 10 years from now, Monica is. I would, I want to, I want to direct. I want to direct and I want to write. Um, I want to win a few Oscars here and there. Like that would be great too. Um, but yeah, my goal is to make feature length films. Like I seriously want to do this for the rest of my life. And when I'm not doing that, I would still love to have my freelance business. Um, I think like with my freelance business, when I started, I was sort of taking on any project I could get. And this time I've been a little more like honest with the projects I get and been like, hey, this doesn't really feel like it's for me or this does feel like it's for me. And I think because I've been a little more aware of what I'm working or choosing to work on, it's helped me find like a bigger love for it. So I would love to do definitely feature length films. Like I'd love to maybe like write and direct a show one time. Like I think that would be really cool. Um, that'd actually be very cool now that I say that out loud. <laughs> now that I say that out loud, that'd be pretty sick. Um, just always, always making films, whether it's a short, whether it's a film on a feature length film or a show, like just always, 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 every day, please. <laughs> I think you've got a pretty good chance. And uh I think just being open to the fact that as long as you're making, you're making it, that is a good way to go about it. And I definitely think you're making it. And I will be watching um, as much of your work and your path as I possibly can. I want to thank everyone for tuning in and joining us. And of course, thank you, Monica, for your insightful glimpse you. into your experiences, experiences and motivations as a storyteller. I absolutely encourage all of you to check out Monica's work. Links are in the description. And remind you that this is just one of many in-depth conversations with the future of film. Go to hsfilmfest.com for more information on the All-American High School Film Festival and please subscribe and share across all platforms to support our important community of artists like Monica. We will see you next time. Monica, thank you so, so much. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. This is amazing. <laughs> thank you.